Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sporting 160EN podcast. This is podcast number 25, uh, and I'm here joined by two wonderful guests as always. Uh, uh, Steph, how are you doing, bro? I'm going great, man. I mean, how can we complain? Uh, three games with uh, Kaiser, three victories. Um, super, super happy. Different team, different dynamics, which we'll talk about. I'm very, very happy. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get right into that. But first, Nando, how are you doing, bro? Oh, man. Three straight wins in a row. It's great. It is great. And look, I'm already eating my words, man. Last time I did this with, uh, what was it, two weeks ago? I said that I was a little little worried about Kaiser, but goddamn, he's made me eat my words already. Yeah, it's true, man. I had my doubts too, but... uh... Man, I'm loving it so far. And uh, hey, let's just let's get right into it. Uh, first game we'll be discussing uh, happened over a week ago, but uh, it was Fortaleza Portugal against Lusitanio, um, where it was Kaiser's debut under Sporting. Our starting eleven was Hernan Ribeiro in net, uh, Sebastian Coates, and Mathieu at center back with Jefferson and Bruno Gaspar at fullback. We had a midfield of Gudeli. Wendell and Bruno Fernandes with Nani, uh, Nani, Bazdost, and Diaby up front. We won 4-1 with goals from Diaby, Bruno Fernandes, and two goals from Bazdost. Uh, Nando, I'll start it off with you, man. How did, what did you think of the game? Um, so I thought that the first half was a little bit more of what we were used to with uh, Zedo. Um, I sensed that the team was torn between how they were going to approach the game. Like you could tell that a lot of them were still playing under like Pizzato's tactics and, and his, his philosophy. And, but at the same time, that first half I was on Twitter at the same time. And I read a lot of people saying the same things that I was thinking, which was a lot of these guys are trying to do a lot of one, two touches and go one, two touches and go, but it's just not flowing yet. And then that's to, to be expected, right? It was his first game. Um, so first half wasn't very, uh, very convincing, but, but fine. Obviously it's his first game. The second half much better. Um, but overall of that game, you could see a lot of promising things that we are going to touch up with a little bit in the following, um, two games. But I think that it was, uh, a heck of a first game for him overall, you know, a good, a good resultado, you know, expressivo. Uh, got got guys going, got guys at least trying different things. The thing that stood out to me the most, and I think that we're going to all agree, is just that the players are trying to pass the ball and go. No one's trying to hold the ball for way too long. It's un, dois, tres, talks, go. Un, dois, tres, talks, go. And uh, that, to me, was amazing to watch, refreshing to watch. Good win. Um, good first start for him, for, especially for the first day, for the first game. Agreed. And uh, Steph, what did you think of the Tasa Portugal game? Uh, basically along the same uh, lines and uh, of uh, Nando. Uh, we started slow in, uh, in the first half, but that's um, it was kind of a given because uh, we be not Portugal. It's very competitive. Uh, uh, we tend to to um, uh, give give a little bit of discount to those teams, but they they get prepared well. They 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 had a beautiful stadium. They have a go a good coaching staff, uh, good direção. They they prepared themselves physically, tactically, very good. And the first half they parked the bus in front of uh, their goalie, so they were not interested in uh, attacking. And then that's that's understandable. I mean, you're talking about a third division team, 
and uh, and when the first forty five minutes they were nice and fresh, those legs, and they sustained Sporting, and Sporting scored a late goal, at minute forty two by Bajdost, but uh, Zidane Wildmuinj, they found a way to score the tying goal, and then they put out all the Sporting kisses at bay. Like, oh my God, here we go again, déjà vu. And uh, the funny thing is uh, <laughs> social media is phenomenal because all of a sudden I could see the uh, Sporting Geese's, the bipolar ones. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God. We still have a second <laughs> and a half. Take it easy, guys, you know. Give this coach a chance. You're not giving him 90 minutes, 45 minutes, and you're already freaking out. Because if you go back to Twitter, because most of us, we we follow Twitter, you'll see those reactions. And I was like, good grief. Take it easy. You know, it was just 45 minutes. I'm pretty sure this coach, given time, he'll have different dynamics. He's from the Netherlands. Uh, usually that's more... Uh, their mentality, their philosophy, it's offensive. It's have, uh, high pressure, regain balls and cross the balls, which creates a lot more goals like Ajax and so on. He came from the Ajax school. So, and then the second half, you know, Sporting came blazing. And uh, you could see uh, Lusitano kind of uh, lost the freshness they had in the first half. And uh, it, it was like catch-up then, um, we scored the second goal um, by uh, Bruno Fernandes, minute 64. Then a few minutes later, minute 71, Bas Dost. And then uh, to finish it up, Diaby, which is becoming a more um, important player for our sporting, uh, finished up the game 4-1. And it could have been 6-1 or 7-2. At the end, they could have scored. Uh, but we played well against a a low-division team, but nevertheless, it was the first game for Kaiser. Different team, different dynamics, but I really liked it, and uh, congrats to our sporting and uh, and Will Muins. They behave very well, and maybe next time they'll have better luck. That's a sport, uh, sporting fan base, actually, uh, that um, in the around that team. Yeah. So that's it. We, we played well, and we now we have Riwav, I believe, and we're touch <clears throat> finish. Yeah, so then yeah, exactly. The next round we have uh we have Riwav. Um do you want me to at go home. through at home, yeah. Do you yeah. want me to go through uh the other teams as well in the Tasa Portugal or uh nah, I don't give a uh, shit about the teams. Good. Exactement. Uh I'll quickly give my two thoughts on this uh, my two cents on this game. Um I don't you know, I don't think we need much more discussing after that, but uh you know, like you said, it was a good game. We started off slow, but we grew into it more and more. You've you seen as the game progressed, um, the philosophy that, that Kaiser wants to start bringing to the team. Um, you know, it, it's impressive how quickly the players adapted to it only after uh, like three weeks of working on it. So, um, you know, it, it was nice. It was nice to see that, you know, that gelling, that, uh, that style of play already coming to fruition so quickly. Um, you know, but credit to Lusitanu in the first 15 20 minutes, they didn't let us breathe. Um, they were going for it, they, they could have scored a goal, or, they scored one goal, uh, right after we did, but they scored, a, they could have scored early on a goal or two to, to really make us nervous. Um, so credit to them, you know, they, they put up a great fight. 
Um, and then at the end, it was a matter of, uh, I think it was eight minutes or something. We ended up scoring the three goals. So, um, you know, it was nice. I think the best thing I think is how, how quickly we can transition from, from defense to offense to scoring a goal now under Kaiser, which um, we, had a, we had a quick showing of uh, against Lusitanu. Um, but really, that's it on, on that game. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to say about the game before we move on to the Carabag game? No, I mean, that, that game was pretty much a given. You know, no disrespect to Lusitano, but, you know, we, we obviously got to win that game yeah. with or without the new coach. Um, but I think the key thing to take from that game, we all kind of touched on it, was the fact that Sporting uh, was already implementing his ideas fairly quickly. And that's that's huge because a lot of times new coaches come in and these players still refuse to pick up on it or maybe the the – um, what's the word I'm looking for? But you know, the message is lost in translation. You know what I mean? Like players won't pick up on it, won't do it like he wants, and then you'll see that kind. But Sporting, at least in that first half that we all agree was our worst half, um, were at least trying to do the things that we now see them do so much better. And that that was great to watch. At least we know that he's getting his message across this soon already. Well, just to finish it up, me personally, I think it's a question of stability and the players. Um, I think there's someone with the background on because I could see an echo. I could hear an echo. Let me, let me mute myself real quick. So, so the um, you could see that sporting uh, the stability is back. Like, uh, we have a DSL, we have a good coaching staff now. Uh, because Puseiro, when Sintra picked him, I don't know why, he brought a lot of tension to the players instead of offsetting the pressure, I think he brought more pressure. So by Pozzetti going away, because now we could clearly see in three games that it's it's Pozzetti not knowing anything about coaching at all. I mean, all due respect to him, I don't dislike him, but as a coach for Sporting, he's too, too small. He doesn't fit in into a big club like Sporting. And now it's a proven fact after three games. So the players, uh, I don't know, they felt uh, relieved, like uh, the pressure was uh, off their shoulders. And you could see them happy, playing happier, smiles on their faces, and less stress. And uh, it's completely a different sporting. And I think Portistas and Befiquistas, they, they're noticing it too. And they kind of saying, holy cow, especially Befiquistas, because they, they kept Rui Vitoria, and I like that. But that's it. Sorry, I forgot I was muted for a second. And I like it too, might I add. Um, anyways, let's move on to the Europa League game um, where Sporting flew to Azerbaijan and won 6-1 away from home. Um, our starting lineup was uh, the, uh, similar to uh, the Lusitania one. Just one change. We had André Pinto at center back, but I'll go through the whole list anyways. We had Renan Ribeiro, Bruno Gaspar, Coates, André Pinto, and Jefferson on defense. We had Gudeli, Bruno Fernandes, and Wendell in midfield with Thiabi, Nani on the wings, and Baz Dost up front. Uh, Steph, I'll start off with you, man. How did you, how did you see this game? Uh, the, the game was actually... Uh, I watched the whole game. I was off that day. So I had the privilege of uh, sitting down on the sofa and uh, watching it, and it was a beautiful game. We started well. Uh, I mean, we didn't start that well, actually. Uh, but 
they tied the game, and then I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. But then we kept our composure, which that's also a plus. Um, uh, after we typically, when we suffer a goal, we tend to freak out. Not really. We kept our composure. Mm-hmm. And then we went after, uh, we became more aggressive in the midfield. Uh, having Kuteli, Wendell, and Bunfrance together, it's actually a beautiful thing to watch now. The chemistry, believe it or not, is clicking. And uh, those three players, they're proving that uh, playing together, they they can do some great damage. And they get them back. That's what happened. Wendell had three assists, I believe. Yep. Uh, Bruno Fernandes had uh, two goals. Diaby, again, he scored two more goals. Uh, it's a good alley as un trinco. Um, amazing, too. Uh, yeah. He's back in form. I think people kind of forgot that he came from a Chinese league, not that competitive. Uh, now he's regaining his rhythm. Um, so the, the 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 whole game was was sporting dominated. I would say eighty five percent of the game, and I'm being, you know, nice to cut him back, uh, giving them fifteen percent. But Bajdost did great, scored a goal. Like I said, Bruno Fernandes two, Nani another one, Diaby uh, two more, and Bruno Fernandes two more. So, you know, I don't want to go too much in depth, but you could see that this coach um, is uh, basically focusing more on the high pressure, gain the balls at midfield, and create opportunities for goal. And Tasa uh, Portugal was scored four, Karimbag was scored six. And today we scored three. What else do we want? Yeah. We wanted goals. So, you know, people uh, kind of forgot that we began the, pre- the, the the preseason late. And now our preseason was actually the first 12 rounds of uh, Ligue Nash, let's say. So we're gaining our momentum now. And now we're becoming dangerous. We're lucky enough that uh, we, we played... Uh, fairly uh, well enough to keep close to to Porto in this case. Now we're in second place. We're still in the Taça Portugal hunt in the Liga Europa. We already made it to the sec- to, to the uh, next phase. At Taça da Liga, I don't give a shit about Taça da Liga, to tell the truth. Um, so um, we're in a very good position. I'm glad that Verandes made the decision now of firing Pizarro and, and getting Kaiser. It, it, it leads me to believe me to to that uh, he did study this guy, that did scout him pretty good, his philosophy, how he thinks, how he talks to players, how he respects players, how how he trains with them, and it's showing now that the, the whole team is is very happy with this coach. The coach is very happy with the players. He's giving chances to to the our youth. Uh, let's keep that in mind, and. Uh, in Karimbag game, it just it just showed that Sporting was, I don't know, uh, it was being held to different tactics from Pizarro, um, more defensively than offensively. And I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to speak on behalf of all Sporting cases, but I would rather see my Sporting fighting for, for, for a victory, uh, even if we lose one day 3-2 or 4-3 or whatever, but we we played always to win the game, not to 
not lose by a lot of goals, like Peseiro was playing all the time, marcava um golito e para trás. Yeah. And I, everyone hated that. Now we can see that, hey, we're going to score a lot of goals, but, you know, we might suffer a couple. But that's fine. Um, so, yeah, against Kerenbaag, we dominated. We did great. And I was skeptical because, let's not forget, we had 11 players that couldn't play. 11. And I'm pretty sure I was not the only one uh, concerned, like, oh, my God, 11 players can play. It was 11. Yeah. It so was, I was kind of scared to tell the truth. I'm like, oh, shit, we don't have a lot of choices. So, but then, you know, like 6-1, holy cow. We have two teams, actually, that we can play and still win the game. So that's it. That's why I got to say we played well. I'm happy. Uh, we helped the Portuguese ranking. We went up to uh, up to the 30, 30th uh, position in the ranking because we we're down 40-something. Now we've been climbing up, uh, literally. Mm -hmm. We're catching up with Befica, actually. Befica is 25. Now we're 30. So five more positions, and we catch them. Um, and um, the Portuguese ranking also went up, so I'm happy about that. And uh, and that's it. Yeah. And uh, Nando, how about you, man? Oh, man, he nailed it right there. Um, it, was, it was a great, refreshing game to say the least, for, for me at least. Um, I unfortunately didn't have a chance to watch it. I heard it. Um, I was on the relato listening to it while at work. And it was exciting to, to just hear, you know, the commentators talking about how new and how mobile this new Spartan identity seems to be. Um, and we totally got, we can see so from the first game against Lusitano, his ideas in place to that game is night and day. Suddenly the players are playing those one, two touches and they're playing that high pressure. Um, they're playing that get the ball and keep it moving up. And like Steph said, his tactics and that kind of coaching style, especially coming from the fact that Ilya Hollandez, right? I mean, they are so offensive. And if yeah. you don't try, you don't score. So you have to. And Sporting, at least now, we're trying. We're crossing balls in. We're taking shots from outside the box. We'll get to a beautiful one today. And um, that's exciting. That's refreshing. And to me, the, the biggest thing, or I would say two things. One is the massive energy that Wendell brings to the team. Um, he's playing so excited. He's, he's, it's a man is possessed right now. The man is playing possessed. He, um, he's doing everything he can to win that coach's confidence. And it seems like he has. And um, right now he's going to be sold probably at the end of the year for what would you guys say? Close to 30 million. I mean, the guy's playing so beautifully. He really is. And he's truly being a box to box midfielder in my in my take whether it's defending or recuperating the bola as well as pushing forward um but the thing to me that that was the most important was that we went away we went to a very very long you know tedious flight and uh they scored their goal and sporting uh sporting really didn't change i mean we scored the fifth they scored the 14th and we just kept playing our game we kept doing it the way we knew we wanted to do it and we kept them on their heels And then the rest, it became a massacre. I mean, we, we scored the 20th, and we scored at the 33rd. Nani's goal, uh, beautiful to beauty. see. Um, you know, that was, that, was, that was old school Nani. You know, he's playing all year. I think he's played fairly well. Um, yeah. It's exciting to see that. But that was Nani taking it back to the Manchester United days. That was Nani taking it back to the pre-Manchester United with Spartan days, you know, the confidence there. 
And then we've got uh, Diaby, who we all agree we're not 100% sold on him per se in terms of like, is he a starter? Is he a bench guy? Is he a winger? Is he a striker? Is he, you know, um guy who vai fazer like Montero for Basdost? We don't know. But, you know, he scored uh, two goals. Bruno Fernandes scored two goals. So that team just kept its composure, kept its identity. And those are keys. Those are the things you see with teams that are successful um, across the world. Any team that's successful has an identity. They stick to that identity and they do it well. With Bezeiro, it's not only did we have um, a bad identity, but we were constantly changing identities, whether it was with uh, starting 11s or substitutions that were just done poorly. So that game to me was just a beautiful culmination of a team that uh, is listening to their coaches' um, ideas. They're learning to it uh, quickly. They're assimilating quickly. And uh, that's what you get. You get a 6-1 resultado europeu that everybody gets to uh, clap about. You get a team that had 57%, 57% possession, that's Sporting, 11 shots to four of theirs. I mean, it was just a complete domination away, well-played, well-coached, everything from start to finish. There's really no complaints about that game whatsoever. And for us, like Steph said, our preseason ended the second we let Bezidu go. Our preseason ended. All that served for us was to get guys going in terms of maybe getting back in shape and things like that. And now that we're entering December, right, we're there already, and we're entering that part of the year where Sporting is really hate because Tashigaro Natal, I'm excited. I'm excited that we're, hending, we're entering that phase on such a high note, and we're going to you know, talk about the game tonight. Um, but that was beautiful to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I agreed with uh, you. You guys both hit it the nail on the head, really. Um, like, yeah, like, like basically what you guys were saying. It, it's so refreshing to see Spartan play like this, um, playing within the between the lines, opening up space like it's nothing, being free of possession, or, or not being free of possession, being free of of uh, pressure in in amount of seconds. Um, we'll we'll get more into the to the today's game later on, but. Uh, even today, we've seen a camera. It was Nani and I think Wendell on, on the side by the byline, um, just passing it one two touch to each other and just getting past one two defenders every time. And then there was a few times, uh, even against Carabag, where we passed it into this into space. Bruno Fernandes would take a touch and, and go far past his, his uh defender and open up space to either make the cross to uh pass it on the line to. Um, you know, passage short. Um, it's just so refreshing to see. And, and, and um, it's this total football, like you mentioned, Nando, it's this total football, this, this Cruyff idea of football where, um, you know, it's it, teams are, or Sporting is looking to dominate possession. Uh, they're looking to attack. They're not satisfied with a goal or two. Um, like Steph mentioned as well, uh, uh, Pizzeto and even George Zouj, we go one, nothing up and, all of a sudden, we'd sit back, we'd, we'd sit deeper, we'd uh, try to absorb pressure um, instead of really going for it and, and, and still trying to bag another uh, another two or three and, and really be comfortable. Um, it's, it's, you know, three games, 13 goals. My only worry is, is the three conceded because it seems like we like to concede at least one goal every game. And all three of those goals came to tie it up 1-1. Um, but then again, you know, under Kaiser, it's it's refreshing to see that uh, it, it doesn't necessarily matter because um, you know we we look for the other for the other goal. 
we don't we go down one one or we tie or they tie it up one one and we don't drop our heads we we go and we try to make more and we hold on possession literally and it seems so stupid to say for a team like Spartan but I have to because of the last three months it's so nice seeing that a team has a plan that a team has they they have a plan they have an idea they they know what they have to do to sort of open up areas. Sure, it doesn't work out sometimes. Um, you know, the passing has been great. It has been good. It hasn't been great. I think, you know, in a few months, if all goes well, we'll be talking about um, how good we are on the ball and passing the ball. Um, defensively, I think you even today we've seen an improvement from our defense today against Riwav compared to our defense on Karabag. Um, not saying it was bad per se, but um definitely sometimes where we left ourselves opened um where uh Karabag was attacking us um where they looked threatening whereas today Riwav they had their moments don't get me wrong but it was more shut down um so it, it's nice to see the evolution it, it's exciting to see the, the evolution of our team um you know and, and Steph said and I'll say it as well and um, people that follow me on Twitter and even follow this podcast for a long time know that I haven't been um, Veranda's number one supporter, but I have to admit this was this was a great signing and and and, and credit to him. And I hope he he keeps on proving me wrong because um, signings like this and then not only him but the keep a technica behind them. Um, and then of course, if we do end up getting Juan José as our as our scouting um, our chief of scout in December in January. Uh, he's really looking to um, uh, really improve this side, and, and and he's making some moves, like I said, with Raul José, and then of course now with Kaiser, that um, really make us look threatening and and, and really make us look uh, competitive and, and look like we could, um, we or like we should, or it's our divine right as Spartanistas to at least challenge for the title, and and Kaiser Kaiser has us looking like we might. Um, anyways, I'm gonna go through some quick little. Um, um, I guess talking points of the game. Uh, the first one being uh, the their very first penalty for Bazdost. Um, I'll start off with you, Nando, because uh, I don't know if Steph re-saw the highlights or if he remembers what I'm talking about. Um, the penalty on Bazdost was that a dive or was that a clear penalty? Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's either or. To be honest, I don't I don't I didn't take it as a complete dive. I think he he kind of let himself go a little bit. Um, but I think there's definitely contact. Now it's just a matter of, you know, everybody's going to give a different take on it, how much content contact is necessary for that kind of thing. So I'm okay with it being called a penalty or not being called a penalty. Called it a penalty, fine, great. You know, so Spartan Gish, I'm happy with it. But um, to me, it wasn't like um, like I sat there watching it and go like, man, you know, un poco forzado. I think it was, a, honestly, I think it's an in-betweener. Bajdash could have, I think tried a little harder to not go down, but then why, why would you, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that for sure. And uh, Steph, how about you? I don't know if you still, if you can recall the play or not. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I can oh, recall the, the play. Beautiful. Um, yeah. He, he, he was pushing then, and then you can, you can do uh, a, a similar play at the park. Go to the park with your cousin and tell him to push you when you're not expecting it to see how you fall. Yeah. I mean, the guy wasn't expecting to push, and then he was pushing, and he fell. I don't think he purposely fell. 
but when you're not expecting it, it could be a little push, but you're going to fall. I mean, I play with my kids all the time, and my son is 13, and he's pretty big already. When he pushes me when I'm not expecting it, I fall. So, no, it was a clean penalty, um, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. Um, he could have done better. I agree. He could have maybe tried to stay on his feet a bit longer, but uh, I, I still think there's contact. He's still being dragged. You still see the jersey being pulled. Truthfully, I'd probably be pissed off if Bazdas doesn't go down easy there. So um, I, I still think it's a penalty. I don't think there's much to talk about. But uh, one of my gripes is, you know, if, if even if it wasn't a penalty, there's no VAR. So it's not like we're paying the ref for anything. And live action, that looked like a clear penalty. Um, for the second goal now, um, Steph, I'll start off with you. Who do you think's at fault there? Do you think it's um, – let me see what side this is, actually. If it is Jefferson – yeah, so or sorry, Bruno Gaspar. Do you think it's Bruno Gaspar and the defenders that sort of lay off? Do you think uh, Renan Ribeiro can do much better? How did you see that goal going in? It's a it's, it's a tricky cross for a goalkeeper. I know people were saying that Jefferson sucks. They uh, on Twitter I saw Jefferson sucks, Renan sucks. They don't belong to Sporting. Il pojou Cabral because he's the one who was not marking his man. Well, oh, to all fairness, I agree that uh, a defender is there to stop crosses. But crosses, got, they're going to happen. So then the, the the player marking that specific player should be there. In this case, it was Cabral. I don't blame Rina at all because that, that cross is lethal. It's like halfway, should the goalie be coming out or should he stay? And then he hesitated. He didn't come out. And then that's all she wrote. The guy took advantage and he scored the goal. Uh, if I if I had to blame someone, I'll blame Jefferson because he let the guy cross the ball. Fair. And Nando, how about you? Um, honestly, I'm not. I'm trying to go back in and watch it a little bit again because I'm trying to find the highlights because I'm not recalling that one on myself. All right, no what, worries. What minute was it on? Because I'm trying. I'm on the highlights uh, right now. It's on the 13th minute. It's their first goal. Basically, it's their only goal. Carabag's only goal. Yeah, I'm trying to watch the position on it. Give me a second, um, and I'll come back to you guys on it. All right, no worries. Um, it was just we were just gonna really talk about the uh, the Nani Golasu. Oh yeah, um, I'll quickly go through it. Uh, it's 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 really mainly Nani, you know. Um, uh, sorry, let me let me pick it up real, real quick. I guess we could talk about the Bruno Fernandes. But Bruno Fernandes, it was you know a nice pass and play. Nothing we've been saying. Uh, everything we've been saying lately, but. With Nani, he drops two players and then still keeps the ball between both feet, dribbles it between both – oh, this is disgusting even looking at it again. And then he just slots it in bottom corner. Absolutely disgusting. Steph, what do you think of this Gulasu Karani? It's, it's one of those plays that if, if, it, if it works, it'll be a great goal. And it did. if it doesn't, it'll be like, blah, what happened? Karani, what? Yeah. In this case, it, it paid off. It paid off, and it's a goal you'll never forget. And Nani is uh, is a true Sportingista, and I'm happy that he decided to finish his career. Um, if he won't finish, he'll be close to it at Sporting. And I'm glad he's, he's he found happiness in, in our club. That he's he's a huge influence. He's a great captain, a good role model for the kid, for the our youth, and uh, and it pays off. I mean. 
when you're a happy player, things like that happen. And it couldn't be happening to a better player than him. And uh, it was a phenomenal goal. It was the goal of the week by the uh, Europa League, nominated. Um, so very, very happy for Nani and uh, for our sporting, which is benefiting from it. Agreed. And uh, Nando, what about you, man? Oh, man, to me, um, like I talked to you a little bit about it at the beginning of the, of the podcast, man, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see him get it. I think he's deserved it. I think he's been a fantastic role model um, all year. He loves the club. You know, we can go down the list of things of why we should like Nani. But to me, more so than even his goal, per se, is the jugada, like the whole thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm sitting here watching it over and over again. And when I watched it the first time, I was so, you know, taken back by the fact that not a lot of people talked about that play from the beginning, from the defense, the one touch to the mid, Wendell, Bagbaj Dost, so forth. You know, Wendell's basically down the field, then to Nani. Like everything was so perfect. You know, there was no wasted movements. There was no... Um, you know, kind of indecisiveness as to what are we going to do with the ball. And then once Nani got it where Nani knows what to do with it, um, he took care of it. He did exactly what we're used to watching Nani do. Um, heck of a goal, heck of a jugada. Um, everything start to finish was beautiful about that. And I think that that one goal right there culminizes everything about what Kaiser has been asking the team to do, everything that we've watched the team put together was in that one goal, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. And uh, how about, um, to, I don't know if you've caught, have you caught the clip for the for Carabags goal or not? We can move on if not. No, you can move on because I, I right. went over to the 90 game goal. Sweet. And now I, I bring up this because I'm going to ask you guys a question later on about Diaby, which I think you guys will know. But when in terms of Diaby, one, the first goal he, he scores um, from the wing, a beautiful play, uh, Wendell, um, cross fields it basically. Diaby chests it down, can kind of makes a mess of it by the control, but he ends up getting it and then through the player's legs. And then his uh, last goal um, comes from where is it? Let me just try to like find a, it. I think it was like a cross, right? Yeah, it was where he, yeah, it's exactly that. It's a cross. He's basically in free space. Um, and then One boom, he scores it. One times it, exactly. I'm um, seeing it now. So, Nando, I'll start it off with you. Diaby, to you, is he a winger? Is he a striker? Even even simple, is he both? Can you just play both roles well to you? What, what do you think? Um, Yeah, man, I think that's going to be one of the things that we're all going to have to kind of like deal with as we go forward because I don't even think he knows what he is. Um, Like today, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit, but where he played, obviously much more winger. But against Karabag, he played much more um, in support of Bajdost. So I think what is going to happen is if we see Sporting playing in a in a in a formation that requires you know much more of a, like maybe a defensive mentality, we're going to see Diaby probably play much more of a support a role to Bajdost um, and hope that his speed is better utilized on the counters. Um, and I think that if we're playing in a game like today where, you know, we, we kind of expect to take more possession and go at the, the opposing team, I think Diaby's going to play much more winger, allowing him to be a little bit more creative. The key with this guy is his speed. We all know that that's his bread and butter. That's exactly what he's known for. And that's the one thing that we all can't argue against. Um, so can he do both? 
Um, I guess he can. He's he's had some success already with a couple goals. You know, the first goal goal he scored against Karabagi was a little bit of a of a sloppy goal. I mean, he still scored it, but he could have messed that up. And then the second goal was a nice finish. You know, so it's it was kind of night and day. The first one was like, did you really just screw this up? And the second one, you're like, oh, of course you just put that in. You know, like you just hit it just perfectly. So yeah. I I am enjoying watching him get time to play. Um, but I'm not I'm not sure, man. Like I think he's 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 gonna be I think he's gonna be one of those players that as we go forward and as the coach gets a better feel for, I think he's gonna be a very situational player. I'll say this, I think that I'll take him starting um right now versus like, you know, when like Montero getting opportunities again and things like that. I, I like the pressure that Sporting creates with him there because defenses have to respect his speed. Yeah. And when you have to respect the player's speed, that opens up spaces for other players because speed kills. You know, it, it's one of those things in soccer. If you got a guy that's that's quick and that fast, you have to respect it. Even if you think that he might not be that good on the ball, you can't just let the guy go blow by you. You know what I mean? Exactly. No, I get that. And uh, Steph, how about you? What do you? How do you see Diaby? A winger, a striker, both. It's- uh, yeah, both. Uh, definitely both. You could you could play as a winger, you can play as a striker, which is which is good because Rafinha's hurt now, for example. Yeah. So he's he's been compensating kind of, and then uh, we could we could switch his roles um, if we have to to substitute uh, Basdost, then we can play him more as the striker, uh, even together with Montero because Montero is more mobile than uh, than Basdost. And uh, surprisingly, uh, he's a good finisher. <laughs> I mm. mean, at the beginning, we kept on saying uh, a lot of uh, sport, the, the sporting f- fan base kept on saying he can finish, he can finish. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, now he can finish. So the, the secret is uh, the, the, uh, how they feel on the pitch at the, the, if they bring... Happiness, the tactics, and Pesed wasn't giving that to him. He was giving, what, five minutes each game, if the most. Um, he was coming in always to burn his substitution. He didn't give him enough time. So Kaiser saw something different on, on Diaby. You could tell that Kaiser is very careful, and he, he's been studying Sporting since... Uh, uh, he was in um, his last team in uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, even before he landed in Portugal, he had already watched several games of our team. And you could tell. It, it's, he didn't come out of the blue and say, oh, yeah, vamos por Diaby. No. It's because he saw something. He he studied each player. And uh, Diaby is playing phenomenal because he's a great player. Was he labeled by Sporting Gishas as maybe a shady player at the beginning? Yes. But let's not forget why. Because Pazet only played him at the very end, 85 minutes. And you would only give him five, five, seven minutes. Some players, five, seven minutes, it's not good enough. They need a whole game. And he's one of those players. And now with the, the tactics, that the new tac- the system in place by Kaiser benefits Diaby. His speed is, is the way he finishes. Now we have four to five players inside the box finishing. With Pese, we had one or two, or sometimes we had Montero by himself because Bas Dost was hurt. But now we have Bas Dost, then we have 
a second wave, a third wave, and a fourth wave of players finishing inside the box. That's what the benefit is with the system of uh, a coach from uh, from the Netherlands. I've always li- loved coaches from the Netherlands. That's my thing. Mm. I've always liked them. Uh, they uh, craft uh, all these good coaches, Rijkaard, uh, yeah. Van Basten, good coaches. Um, our Portuguese coaches, they're good, but we're too conservative. Uh, you could see with Mourinho, you could see with uh, even Serge Conceição, you could see uh, the majority of our coaches, they're very conservative. We're winning one nothing, we dropped the lines right away. Yeah, look at Fernando Santos. That's how we won the Euros. Yeah, uh, exactly. We're very conservative, uh, yeah. our coaches. Um, I think the only like the only one that's a little bit uh, um, offensive minded is maybe Mark Silva. He might be more offensive minded. Um, but besides that, I mean, I'm very happy with this coach. It, I'm not saying we're not going to lose. I hope we're not. We'll never lose, of course. But if we lose one one day and but we played well, hey, I'll be happy with that. You know what I mean? Because we're gonna have games that hey. There's games like that. But, you know, until that day, we're happy and we're winning games. And uh, we have a say now in the in the Portuguese race, Liga Nos. Uh, Christmas is here. And you guess what? We're in second place, just one point away. So it's looking good. Very happy. Yeah, agreed. Um, and And... My two cents on Diaby is that uh, I think Diaby is um, he's, he's more of a striker to me than he is a, a winger, though I'm not necessarily um, upset at seeing him there. I, 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 at the present time, with, with Rafinha being out and um, you know, with us seeing how, um, how um, uh, Jovan Cabral was starting games compared to how he is coming off the bench, I think Diaby starting isn't that bad of an idea. Um, it stretches out the play a bit wider. He might not be able to cross it as well, though he does have decent passes. He, he can he can still do some things on the wing, but um, you know it also opens up for us to cross it in far post or pass it on the floor far post and have him there to sprint and tap it in. So uh, I'm not necessarily opposed to Diaby being on the wing, but uh, I definitely think he's more of a striker than he is uh, a winger and like like Nando was saying, it, defenders will have to respect the speed, especially in Portugal. Um, in Portugal, these little teams don't tend to play offside traps; uh, they tend to sit deep. Um, so with Diaby maybe playing in behind the defender, uh, it'll 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 be good for us. Um, though in certain games, I see that also being an issue for us because they're sitting deep; they can intercept some balls to him. Um, but anyways, yeah, to me, he's a, he's a striker over a winger, but I don't mind him on the wings. Uh, and lastly, uh, we'll talk about our last player. You can also mention his performance today because it was also really well, but uh, try to keep in mind more of the Karabag. Um, Wendell, um, three assists against Karabag. He almost scored a goal too. Uh, it was it was a header, bless him. He's, he can't do everything, but three assists. Um, uh, Nando, I'll start off with you. Um, what is it that... that that Kaiser seen in Wendell that JJ and Pizedu just haven't. I think what uh, Kaiser is is not stubborn, at least right not yet, not at least with the certain players. I think what JJ and Pizedu, um hated was probably feeling like they had to um, concede to fans' requests. 
you know, a certos treinadores, like, just, it pisses me off. Like, Paulo Bento was like this all the time. Uh, Mourinho, as much as I've appreciated him, is like this a lot. Um, Jorge Jesus, uh, Pizzato. There's certain coaches that for some reason or another, like, they just are the most stubborn when it comes to certain players, certain things. And I don't know if it's because he was brought in by, by Bruno Carvalho. I don't know. I'm not trying to speculate or say anything. I just know that what I think we all saw in his highlights, because that's all I knew of him before he came to Sporting. I saw the signing. I watched his highlights. I saw a player that was a box-to-box midfielder who had skill on the ball, who had a great presence actually in the field, passed well, shot well, and brought a lot of energy. And when you have those kind of fundamentals um, as a soccer player, then it makes it so much easier for everybody else around the guy to do better because positioning is everything. You can't teach positioning. You can encourage and you can try to correct, but you can't teach having that like that just that natural ability to know where to fill in and how to go ahead and intercept and and bring players out and draw them out so forth and so on. So with Wendell what he showed what he's been showing and what he showed in that Carabao game and we'll talk about tonight's game too is um, the ability to not only recuperar bolas, okay, so take over and 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 do the dirty work, but not just clear it. You know what I'm saying? He actually is well capable of bringing the ball up the pitch and then deciding in the last third where it's going to go. Is he going to push it out to the wings? Is he going to try to shoot it? He has a really good shot, and that's exciting. That's exciting because suddenly that opens up Bruno Fernandes to play much more offensively because we've seen Bruno Fernandes fall back a lot with Zedo. Suddenly that allows allows a guy like Gudeli to play that trinco position and play that sloppy position that does the dirty and the grunt work. And then it allows this guy to do a little bit of everything, allows the other players to focus on what they do and what they do best. And he seems so comfortable doing that box-to-box. Um, and it's exciting. And he, I got to give him so much props, it's been hard for him, man. There's no doubt in my mind that he struggled with, you know, who else would motivate him other than himself? You know what I mean? He comes over and he's been riding bench or not even being convocado all through the George Jesus days and then with Pizzato riding bench. Um, and here comes a new coach and he still found himself motivated uh, or found a way to be motivated enough to show him, hey, man, give me an opportunity. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And uh, like one of our listeners just said here, he also has that bigod. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's definitely becoming he Portuguese. Has, he also has the bigod, the, the best of all. Crucial. Exactly. That's, that helps with the aerodynamics. Dynamics. I was just thinking the same thing, bro. Uh, anyway, Steph, same question to you. What is it under, under um, Kaiser that Wendell just wasn't being, um, I guess, utilized under JJ and Pizzato? Well, it just shows that uh, um, basically each player is, is a different person. That each player has different feelings. Each player uh, manages how you talk to them differently. And uh, George Zouj, he had that uh, that uh, mentality of autoridad and Pizzer as well. Quem manda aqui sou eu, mais ninguém. Foda-se, para tudo e não sei mais que. And certain players don't react that well with that kind of a character. Um, I mean, you could tell that Kaiser was briefed by somebody from Sporting, by the coaching staff of Sporting, hey, this guy is great. 
um, and he must have seen some film from uh, when he was uh, playing in Brazil for for his team and for his national team, and and uh, he he draws his own conclusion and say, this guy's pretty good. Why isn't he playing? Um, but you know, you had people. I think coaches sometimes, and uh, and I'm Portuguese. I can I can speak from experience. Sometimes we very uh, we very much Portuguese. We have our culture. We 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 don't like when people challenge us. And um, Jesus and Pesedo, if if they were challenged by Wendell, or if Wendell, if they told them, hey, tens que correr mais para trás, mais para o lado, mais para a frente, mais para o lado esquerdo, mais para o lado direito, maybe he, he didn't react well to those kind of uh, negative criticism. Uh, it's easy for me or you, guy, or you to say, hey, he gets paid well, he should just play and that's it. He's still a human being. So I believe that this coach having a different mentality, no one to talk to players. If you look at NBA players, NFL players, NHL players, these players make millions of dollars. What's the difference between coach, a coach from the 76ers and a coach from the LA Lakers or a coach from uh, from New England, which they uh, all is successful, they're 9-3, and it's be, it, they're dealing with millionaires. It's how they talk to them, how they motivate them. How how you you know and and that's the secret in our days with uh, uh, high professional athletes. It's how you talk to them. Uh, I mean, Wendell's been at Sporting before Kaiser. Why why all of a sudden is he such a great player? Because Kaiser respected him as a player, and he he approached them in a more uh, I hate to say it, maybe sensitive way. Uh, he understood the player better than the other ones. I don't think Zuz and Pesedo. Totally said, you know what? I have to. I have to understand Wendell. I don't think it's solely just on him to understand me and my tactics. I also have to meet him halfway and get to know him. And I think that's what it was. It was more psychological than uh, talent because the talent was there, and that's why we bought him. I mean, he was nominated the best uh, youth player of Brazil, for God's sake. Um, so I'm expecting great things from Wendell and lucky for him that we got Kaiser and lucky for our youth as well. Cause I, I could see he's gonna, he's gonna let, uh, Thierry Jalo uh, play more and more. Omega Luis and all those players will have a chance to, uh, to even Elvis Balde. I, I can see him in the near future being with the A team more and more. So. Yeah. But going back to Wendell, we're just we're just lucky that now we have a coach that understands him. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I agree, and and I think the the style of play helps more uh, helps as well because uh, yes. mm-hmm. you know he is good on the ball. He's a talented kid. Even in Brazil, you can see he was good on the ball. He had a good shot. I think um, it's definitely what everything what everybody said. You know, like JJ was also stubborn to a point. Where instead of maybe not playing Bruno Fernandes, he could have played Wendell on a Tasa de Liga game or a Tasa Portugal game in that same Bruno Fernandes role. And I think Wendell would have done uh, maybe not as good as a job as Bruno Fernandes last season, but he could have done a good enough job. Um, but look, 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 look at the way things play out. Yeah, for, for some sure. reason, Bruno Fernandes scored more goals because he's got more freedom. Because yeah. now he knows I have uh, uh, Gudelch and Wendell box to yeah. box. Now he's got more freedom to play as as a uh, assist to to Bas Dost, and that's why he's scoring a lot more goals. 
that's yeah. the reason to all this madness. I agree. I agree. You know. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you there too. And um, all right, let's move on to the game today. If, if there's anything else that we gotta say that you want to say about this uh, Carabag slapping, speaks now or forever hold your peace, Nando. <laughs> Man, they just they just killed it, bro. They just they did their thing. Um, that was a great game in a in a refreshing game. That's all I gotta say about that game. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the game today. Uh, Sporting went to Villa de Conde to face Riwav. Riwav, who is in fifth place. Um, and uh, our starting 11 was Renan Ribeiro, Bruno Gaspar, uh, Sebastian Coates, Jeremy Mathieu, Marcos Acuña getting his first start under Kaiser. Same midfield, Gudeli, Wendel, and Bruno Fernandes. And in the same 4-3 as well, Bas Dost, Nani, Diaby. Goals coming from Bruno Fernandes in the eighth minute. Bas Dost in the, 28th, in the 23rd minute. And then Jovan Cabral. I know we spoke about Nani's Golasu. Another Golas today from the put Jovan Cabral. Also credit to Riwav, another great goal, for, uh, great goal from them off a set piece. Uh, and it was 3-1 at the end of it. If you guys want to see the goals, go quickly on our, on our Twitter page. The goals are up there. Anyway, Steph, um, what did you think of today's game, bro? Man, today's game was, uh, was, was a great game. I mean, we... We won three one. It could have been a totally different result. Really quickly, some some players I do remember. Second minute, the off the corner, uh, Maggio could have scored the header. Uh, Bruno Fernandes in seven minute, uh, he scored assist yeah. from Nani. Then we had uh, the tying goal at twelve minutes from uh, uh, what was his name? Smith Smider. Smith. Schmidt, that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm, shit. It's weird. It's like a, such yeah. a like a German name for a Portuguese guy. I know. It's João Schmidt. <laughs> João Schmidt. Most likely. Yeah, German Portuguese. Yeah, that's yeah a maybe point. that's a possibility. We have a lot of uh, dual citizens from Germany. Bas Doss at the 18th minute could have scored. Bruno Fernandes at the 20th minute could have scored. Uh, Diaby at the 22nd. Uh, uh, the 21st minute could have scored. Then finally, Bazdas scored the 22nd minute with an assist from Acuna. Then uh, Bazdas, uh, the 46th minute, he scored, but he was offside. Diaby at 54th minute could have scored. Coates at the 64th mi- minute could have scored a header um, from a header. 64th minute, Riwav could have scored. Giovanni at se- 70, uh, 71st minute scored that beautiful goal that you just mentioned. And then Quintran could have scored. So, Sporting could have won easily by 6-2, 6-7-3. Six, six, uh, we had a lot of chances of goal. Because, uh, you know, again on Twitter, oh, no fin, okay? But the game is 90 minutes. So, if you look at the whole game, we played much better than Riwab. We dominated the midfield again. The, the chemistry between Gudeli, Wendell, and uh, Bruno Fernandes, it's just you know amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, it's I'm I'm loving it. Uh, they're forgetting me. They're making me forget about William Carvalho. Really. Um, yeah. So today's game was against a very good opponent in fifth place in the Liga Nos, against a very good Riwav. Um, Udala hasn't been playing, so they didn't lose because Dala didn't play because. It's been sporadic. Uh, he's, he's been playing on and off. Um, but I'm very, very content. The chemistry is clicking in. Uh, you could still see that uh, 
uh, we need to be just a tiny bit faster with the first touch because Chihuahua today kept on running after the ball, but we missed a couple lazy passes. And those lazy passes are lethal if we play, if we go really deep in the Liga Europa or really deep in Taça Portugal or against uh, Porto Benfica, those lazy passes could, could bite us in the butt. So we have to get better at that. But I've, I've, the team is much better now. You could see that the philosophy is to play in the first touch, uh, exception for the end of the game, which we're holding the ball because uh, basically with the lead of 3-1, we just went to contain the ball. And we deviated from what the philosophy is from uh, Kaiser. Uh, but it, it's going to happen in, in certain games when we see that we have the lead and we just need to burn time. We're going to hold on to the ball. Uh, but besides that, I mean, really, really phenomenal game. Uh, I just don't like, like, Cabral, uh, our right fullback. Gaspar. O, o Gaspar Cabral. You know, why do you let them cross the ball? Uh, o Coentrão, it was off a cross that uh, he just watched the guy cross the ball. And then Coentrão could have scored with a header if it wasn't Renan. He pulled like two, three saves at the end, which were very crucial. But I don't like that. You a defender, you can let them cross the ball. It's that simple, you know? So, like, he scares me a little bit. And Jefferson also. When he comes yeah. in, he's he's been better crossing the ball, but defending, oh, it's it's oh my god, it's my heart. I'm still healthy, heart wise, Miss <laughs> You know, he scares me a lot. Like Acuna gives me the sense of security when he plays uh, left fullback, but Jefferson playing defense is very bad. Offensively, he's gotten better. Very lethal crosses, but besides that, you know, I don't want to take forever. We dominated the game. Our midfield is much better. The high pressure, I'm loving it. The tactics from uh, from Kaiser. And again, Bajdost scored again. And uh, today was Bajdost, um, Bruno Fernandes, and mm-hmm. Giovanni. But Diaby had another phenomenal game. He gave a lot of headaches to Riwab defense. And it's exactly, that's the way I like, I like my team to play. High pressure, high pressure, high pressure, and if we if we if we keep on insisting playing this system, we're just going to get better and better and better. And Rafinha is not even playing it because he's been hurt. Mm-hmm. But even Montero is going to benefit from this uh, tactic. So I'm super super excited. I can wait for the next game already because we're going to have a whole week to train. So I'm I'm very excited. Great game today by all. Overall, uh, we play phenomenal. Agreed. And uh, Nando, how about you? What's your two cents on today's game? Um, another great performance. Um, the best part about it to me is that this was a tough opponent at a tough field, and we just took the great things we did against uh, Karabag. We took it and we expanded on it against Riwav. Um, I think... Steph just touched up on it a good bit in regards to that midfield. Um, I'm currently not missing William Carvalho. Um, I'm not really um, noticing any uh, big hole in that midfield that we had at the beginning of the year. Um, I think, obviously, we just touched up on Wendell and how great he's playing. Bruno Fernandes is, is starting to play better up to his um, 
up to his uh, performances of last year. Gudeli is doing a good job. I think that probably our best thing about our team right now and what's probably going to differentiate us in this uh, title race is going to be our midfield play. Um, I think our midfield play is going to be the big differentiator um, between us, Porto Befica, and Braga. I think our defense, especially we all agree that we're not sold neither with uh, Bruno Gaspar on the right or Jefferson on the left. Um, so there's something that's got to be done there. Um, I feel better about Bruno Gaspar on the right side, not so much Jefferson on the left. Um, our goalkeeping today, those moments that we were like, come on, you know, free Viviano, like let's do something about this. Um, but, uh, but then he made some good saves. Yeah. Uh, all in all, we played really well. We played really well. We could have scored more goals. Um, you know, Giovanni is back to doing, I think, the things that we all agreed with at the beginning of the year, which is he he should be a super sub. He should be brought in to do things like that, give the kid 15 to 20 minutes, 25, you know, and let him uh, do what he needs to do. Not with too much pressure, but but definitely a sub nonetheless. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there was a couple of headers by, by Baj Dost that, that got real close to goal that could have gone better and did, and did better. Um, but overall, it was a heck of a win, especially it was away. And given the fact that we're almost at Natal, we've already played at Benfica, we've already played at Braga, we've already played at Riwav, we've knocked out um, a lot of big away games, um, just to name a few. And, uh, you know, this is this is the team that, that at the beginning of the year we weren't quite sure how we wanted to uh, play with. And now the new coach comes in. He's keeping a bunch of these guys um, consistent from game to game. I mean, I'm looking at the, at the uh, tactics and the lineups. Uh, most of these guys, if not all of these guys, are completely the, the same team that played recently. Uh, today we had Acuna play at left back, which we all agree has been doing a phenomenal job this year when he has played at left back. Um, I really no complaints, man. No complaints whatsoever. Uh, a couple things, and just like I said, the nitpicking, you know, the, the, the right back, the left back, if it's Jefferson. Um, but then, uh, Rana Ribeiro, like I think Sporting has to do something about the goalkeeping. I think we just need to have a hundred percent confidence back there, especially given the fact that we're one point back of, of first place and where we are right now in the competitions, we can't have that kind of uncertainty at goalkeeping. But as a whole, great game, great performance, uh, no complaints really. All right, great. And um, so I'm just going to go through three little, um, three little, I guess, some are game points, some are on players. Um, I'll bounce it off, uh, one off each one of you to, to see what you think. Um, Steph, I'll start off with you. Um, a lot of controversy, not really, but I've seen some on uh, – my dad was watching through the talk today and they were talking about it. It was kind of laughable, but whatever. Um, about uh, the Mathieu tackle um, in the box. Um, I don't know if you're recalling the play I'm talking about. If you are, um, is that a penalty? Does Mathieu win the ball? Does he win the, does he get the player first? What do you think about that, uh, that tackle? If you recall. Yeah, I recall it's a, cl a okay. clean tackle. He gets the ball, and then when he gets the ball, of course, he's going to get the, 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 the player. That's why it's called a tackle. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, then it's not called a tackle. Then it's called a foul. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really that simple. It's, uh, it's, it's called uh, logic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, I, of course, I, I'm pretty sure I know who's, who's saying it was a penalty. 
Surprisingly, it was both of it was the Benfica and Porto guy. I wasn't expecting it from the Porto guy, but well, that's that's the Porto guy should he should really shut the fuck up because uh, contra Boa Vista até o VAR for the penalty. So mm-hmm. he's lucky to win com gol todo cagado, todo borrado, cheio de esterco e fraldas cagadas. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't like that because the VAR fell on uh, against Boa Vista. Um, it's a joke. Maybe yeah. you would have missed the penalty. Who knows? You know what I mean? But that yeah. was a clear penalty. Yeah. But no, it was a clean tackle. Uh, and uh, Nando, to you, um, I ask, basically, Bruno Fernandes, you see the, the bit of evolution that he's had um, since Pizzetto's left uh, and compared to last season. Uh, he's definitely playing a lot better. What do you... What do you put that up to is it the tactics is it Bruno Fernandes coming to his own what do you think that is I think it has to do with a little bit of both I think um we keep talking about how um chaotic Sparty's preseason was I mean just Bruno Fernandes preseason was chaotic in itself so he's been having to come back into his own a little bit every game this year then you add the fact that Pizzetto can't coach for shit and then you've got a guy who's like probably questioning himself and probably trying to figure out what it is that he's not doing right and what it is he needs to do to follow up a fantastic season that he had last year. Um, Now comes Kaiser with, and I think that his evolution in the last three games, again, has a lot to do with Wendell. You know, you you just, when you get a guy that plays well, right? So you, you, you look at Sporting of when we were doing so well with uh, Adrian, William Carvalho, um, and uh, what was his name? Um, even with Bruno Fernandes when he joined in, like that midfield was solid. Everybody knew what they needed to do and they knew when they needed to do it. And suddenly players can start to be themselves, be creative, uh, be free with the ball in space, so forth and so on. So I think a lot of Bruno Fernandes' evolution has to do with the, uh, with the uh, coming up of Wendell, with, with allowing that guy to play more. And so we know that Bruno Fernandes has a good shot. We know Bruno Fernandes likes to take shots from outside the box. He's done it in all games he's played, but he's doing it more now. He had a couple today. He scored, you know, against Garabag. He's doing his thing. Um, that's what Bruno Fernandes does and is. He's creative with passes. He's creative with shooting. Um, he's not the guy that's going to take the ball and dribble past the defense. That's not him. That's never been him. But what he is is a great passer, a great striker of the ball. And um, he, to me, his his one of his bad side bad things about him is his uh, his emotional stability, his mental stability. And right now, I think he's starting to finally move past that. And now we're going to see the Bruno Fernandes of last year. We're going to see the Bruno Fernandes that we're all like going to clap for. And, and root for even more so than we have already. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the coach, the tactics, but also um, the, the upbringing of Wendell for sure and giving him some, some guy that can, that can give him that creativity back and giving him that space again. Yeah, I agree. And um, this last one is it's going to be for both of you guys. I'm going to also chime in too. Um, it's on Renan Ribeiro. Uh, like Nando mentioned earlier, um, there are some questions early on about him on other games as well. And then today he didn't get off to the best start. Um, not only saving I, the, the first goal was kind of tough for him to save, though. I I never like personally. I never like seeing a goalkeeper giving up a, a goal near post. Um, but there was also some other things. And then second half he comes in and he really does save our bacon. 
um, you know, even saving one off the head. And he had another one on Cointron where he saved. Um, so, Steph, I'll start off with you. Renan Ribeiro, is, is he sporting quality? Should we keep him for another season? Should we, you know, at least just put up with him this season and then go out next season and get one? Should we keep him? What are your thoughts on Renan Ribeiro? Okay, so you look at the – we look at the four goals that we have. We have Salah. How old is he? 34, 33 or 34? Yeah, 34. So, okay, so meaning that he's not going to stay for too much longer. Renan is much younger, so he has uh, a great future ahead of him. So, yeah, he only has to learn with Salah and, and Diviano. I think he's a, he's a great goalie in a different uh, – in a bigger club. He came from Studio. Now he's in a club that for him it's like, wow, the press is different. The the weight of this jersey is different. The the fan base is different. A lot more pressure. So now he knows that every time he makes a mistake, he's under the microscope. Is he a great goal? Yes, he is. Of course he is. We just saw it at the end of uh, the Riwaf game. I mean, he had two, two, three great saves. Uh, one off uh, the uh, the header that uh, that uh, study play, uh, they passed it and then he crossed it to the back of the defense of Sporting, and he the, the I forget the name of the Riwa play. He headed it and then he saved it and then he saved it with, it, with his face, mm-hmm. and then that play would coin down again. So he's a great goalie, but I think we're not being fair to him because every time. He hesitates or, you know, in the cross, he should come out. We we judge him, by the way. Uh, let's give him time. Um, and, I, yeah, I think Sporting should keep him. Who, who, who else do we have? Salah is on his way out. Viviano, it's, it's more than obvious they're not going to give him a chance. I mean, I don't know what's going on, if it's psychological now. But the best thing to do is to let him go in January. And then um, Maxi is only 19. I like Maxi. Mr. Putsatin's in events. Do we want to give him that kind of pressure if he can handle it? Because I believe Rui Patricio started when he was 19 at the, as a sporting goalie. Mm-hmm. Paul Bint was the one who, who basically put him out there. So if they think he could handle it, then put him out there. Put him out there. Let him compete for... A place in uh, in in between the pipes uh, against uh, Rena, but yeah, I think we should keep Rena, and I think we should keep keep Maxi Pereira, and um, and that and that's it basically. I think yeah, I I like him personally. If mm-hmm. he has weaknesses, I'm pretty sure he has room for improvement, and we he just has to get that Nelson came back. Nelson, our coach, uh, goalie coach, came back. Yeah. And he only has to come with that experience, with the experience from Salah, the experience from Viviano, and he will learn with his mistakes. I think one of his uh, one of his big biggest uh, weaknesses is not he's not confident enough to come out of the pipes, but he can work on that. Besides that, he's good, and that's all I got to say. Fair, Nando. I'll push it off to you. Do you, do you feel the same way or? I mean, I think we need to get a better goalie, straight up as that, man. Um, I think what we're going to deal with, and I hope I'm wrong, is running into a situation that's going to be very reminiscent of Benfica a couple years ago when they were just flipping goalies left and right and trying to see which one sticks. 
um, with Rui Patricio, we had our confidence. We knew that every every goalie has their little bit of something that they're not the best at. Rui Patricio was coming at a crosses. But there's no question whether or not he was good or if not, he was, he was great. Um, he was just top goalkeeper in the world. He was one of them. No doubt in my mind. But Renan, uh, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. You know, bad first half, good second half. Um, I wish I knew more of what's going on with Viviano and why it's going on and, and things of that nature. Um, but we have a guy there who... I think we talked about it a few weeks ago in a podcast. You know, he's what? Considered probably the third best Italian goalkeeper or something close to that. So I, we got to do something. We got to do something about it because as the season progresses and as Sporting, assuming we stay com, you know, competitive in all fronts, uh, we don't need that kind of uncertainty and we don't need that kind of stress in the back. We, we, we need – defenders need it. Uh, more than anything, and the, the the team needs it. The fans need it. So I don't know what Sporting plans on doing. I have an impression that they're not going to do much. They're just going to run with it. Um, if that's the case, so be it. Um, and I hope he proves us wrong, and I hope he just keeps kind of developing and figuring out a way to be more consistent. Agreed. And um, I'm I'm going to lean more to – I'm going to agree more with, with Fernando than I am Steph, though I do agree with you, Steph, where um, we should give him still more time. Um I think maybe if since we're not gonna play Viviano, I, I wouldn't mind sticking him or, or you know pulling through for another for for the rest of the season. Um, he's had moments where he's completely pissed me off, no doubt. He's also had moments where he saved our ass like today. Um, so I think we he deserves at least a chance, uh, and then we we I guess reevaluate the situation at the end of the season. Um, but as of right now, I, I personally don't think he, he's, he's sporting material or sporting quality. I know it's big shoes to fill um, because Rui Patricio, no matter how you view him, he, he is, to me, he still is at least top five keepers in Europe, maybe top 10, but top 10, top five keepers in Europe. He, he was a, a European champion at Sporting, so uh, he was playing at the best of his potential, best of his ability a few years ago here. So. Um, comparing the two is is unfair, but even still, I, I on his feet, especially us being um, us being a very uh, passing team and us playing through the back, he's pretty good. It's just with his hands, he he he's messed up a few times already against Lusitanu. A header through your legs is is I don't know, man. It doesn't look good. No no no. And then, like I said, being beaten like near post, nothing pisses me off more than that because. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with a goalkeeping buddy and, and the, the number one thing he worked on and, and the number one thing you work on as a kid, especially as a goalkeeper, is not being beat on your near post. And uh, I've seen, I've seen uh, Renan Ribeiro uh, being beat on his near post one too many times this season so far. Um, but yeah, that's it. Unless anybody else has anything else to say about the Riwav game and, or the Renan Ribeiro or anything else we discussed. Um, Steph? The the only thing I'm gonna add is uh, give it a shot to Maxi. That's all. I mean, yeah. he's 19. Rupertisa was 19, and when Rupertisa was 19, he did make uh, uh, some mistakes. He French, but he yeah. he learned from his mistakes. So then, give Maxi a chance. Rene, he's got a few months left. He's on the loan. So yeah, and you know, I just looked it up. He's 28 years old. So. 
with that said, he's 28, and if he's making those mistakes, you know, I kind of have to agree with you guys. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was younger. <laughs> <laughs> it's still tough with keepers, too, because some goalkeepers are only really in their prime when they hit, like, 35, 36. You know what no, I mean? So, but at 28. Uh, yeah, you expect you can, him to be better. You can teach uh, an old dog new tricks at 28, you know what I yeah. mean? I get you that. Know, that's 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 the thing. I thought he was 23, 22, and then I, I'm Googling him while you guys were talking. I'm like, fuck, he's 28. <laughs> so I, I'm forced to agree with you guys. And it's it's a huge investment. I mean, he's on a loan, so now we want $6 million or $7 million, and is he worth it that? I don't think he is, actually. Uh, not at 28. I would rather gamble with Maxi, yeah. you know. So the, play Maxi on the next Tasa Portugal or league, Tasa de Liga, give him the experience. This this kid is, was champion of Portugal, no juvenis junior sporting, so he knows how to handle pressure. He's always called for the national team. I mean, I heard the sporting Sintuicenta, and it was a, a pleasant interview listening to him and all that. So. Yeah, but I agree with Nando and I agree with you. Yeah, Renan's gonna is unless he improves like fucking wow, this guy. Yeah. The last few months he has improved a lot. We should keep him. Then yes, but besides that, yeah, we shouldn't invest in a in a goalkeeper twenty eight years old that's making those kind of mistakes. Agreed. And um, sorry, the last thing I'll talk about, and this is just a yes or no question from you guys. I mean, if you want to elaborate, by all means, go ahead, but just keep it short and simple because we're an hour 16 in and we still have a lot of questions to go through. Um, Quintron at the end of the game warmed our hearts, told uh, the press and the media right after. He's a Spartanista, and, and though it's unlikely he'll ever play for a top three club again, when he retires from football, he'll definitely be supporting Spartan and he thanks us for everything we did last season for him. Short, and, short, sweet, and simple. Nando, would you have Quintron back at Sporting? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Heck, yeah. I was pissed off that, that we didn't get him from the beginning, uh, especially everything that he did last year and actually, actually acted like one of the very few that cared, given how tr uh, you know tumultuous last season was. Um, there's nothing about him. It'll, he has Corazon de Leon, you know, and we haven't seen players like that since, like, Sapinto or, you know, at times Adrian and things like that. But um, he's a huge upgrade <laughs> over. Um, Jefferson, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, you know, Acuna has yeah. been doing a great job playing that position. But can you imagine if we had Quintron starting again and then allowing Acuna to do other things offensively? Like, that's a good problem to have. So, yeah, I would easily take him back. But I want to say this, man. He didn't have to say what he said after the game. He didn't have to make those those comments um, the way he made them, and he took the time and the effort to put it in and to be articulate with how he felt about Spartan and made sure that everybody understood it very clearly. That, to me, sits very well. I think Spartan geese in general are very happy about that. I've seen it all across Twitter. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, and given the fact that now he doesn't play as Spartan, like that, that even adds more to it. I mean, you have a lot of players that, depending on who they're playing for in, in, in you know, what they're doing with their lives might flip-flop one way or the other, and we don't know if they're more one team or another. You see that in, in, 
in politics. You see that um, with these programs, through the talk, et cetera, et cetera, like guys like Otavio Machado, who, who's been all over the place. It, 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 for a lot of people, it's o que é que interessa when it interesses. Like, you know what I mean? The tool of convenience. So to him, there was no reason why he needed to say that. There was no reason why he needed to act that way. And he still said it. So I very much appreciate what he said. I very much appreciate him as a player. I've always have, even when he played for Benfica. Um, and I very much miss him. I wish he was still at Sporting. Fair enough. And Steph, how about you, man? How did you view that? And would you have him back? Yeah, of course. I, it was a huge mistake that we didn't sign him back. I mean, between him and uh, Jefferson, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, I think Lamar deserves a chance as well. Yeah. I have no clue why. Maybe with Kaiser, he will play. Uh, at least defensively, I think Lumor is better than Jefferson. Uh, but yeah, Cointrão, he should have signed up for Sporting again because he just he just proven to all of us he could also play midfield. That's what he's doing in the Rio Ave. Yeah, he's playing the midfield position. So we lost we lost a uh, um jogador polyvalente that can play two positions, and that's that's a shame. And him saying what he's saying, uh, more players should be able to say it. I mean, Bernard Silva also said it recently at Manchester United, uh, Bifikista. You know what? Why can't players say that? I, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I have a lot more respect for someone that says, hey, eu sou Sportingista, sou Bifikista, sou Portista, porque aqueles que nunca dizem a verdade. Even if they, o João Pinto, he played at Sporting, and everybody knows he was Bifikista. So, o Carlos Manuel, he played his, his whole career at Benfica and he was Sportingista. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, him coming out and saying it, it's not surprising to me because we all knew he was Sportingista. And uh, like Nando said, hey, it actually fits him well. Um, I, I wish more players were like that, actually. The, as long as you give it all, if you play for my club, I mean, Bruno Fernandes apparently a Portista. You know, uh, Rafa whole... is apparently a Sportingista. He's killing it for for Benfica. Exactly, you know, so. and you know, and Bruno Fernandes he enjoys playing at Sporting, and yeah, he, he signed his contract but came back. You know, people. Uh, that's something I wanted to touch on really fast. I won't take too long, but because uh, Basdas, you know, he put a Twitter out there, and then Sportingista. Where Apa for putting partus then studs, and I, yeah. I I really think that's really I don't I don't know what some Spartacuses expected these players to do. Woman Vulcan crowbar in a cabeza, a crowbar. You know, it it yeah. wasn't a um beijing na cabeza, but a crowbar na cabeza. He he was entitled to quit and leave Sporting. Of course, he was. And because his family also, the, 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 these players have families, they have kids, they have wives. They were afraid of uh, their well-being. So him coming back and actually staying at Sporting speaks uh, in a volumes about this guy, about Bastos. But having Sportingistas, for me, Edwin T said, Edwin da cabeça, still saying, are you kidding me? I would love to see if somebody those those thirty eight individuals in jail now. You don't think they they regret of doing what they did? If we change their lives forever, forever they're gonna look. The society is gonna look at them as as uh, 
pessoas com cadastro, VAPS e felonies, and they'll never be forgotten. Olha, aquele era, foi um daqueles terroristas que até com os jogadores de Sporting. That's how they label for the rest of their lives. Hmm. Anyway, I, I just want to bring it up because, you know, I, I just retweeted what he said and caíram-me em cima, Sportingistas. E eu achei muito mal, não respondi para trás. Please. I didn't answer back, but I was I... like... Per, I was actually just talking to um I think he's he's on the chat right now uh under Juveleo76. I think he's Guga on, on Twitter. Um we were talking about it today and and uh I've I'm I've I've forgiven, you know, Bruno Fernandes, Baz Dost, and Bataglia. The fact is they enter and they play for the shirt, they sweat for the shirt. Um Guga mentions here even now on the chat, he says plus he gives it all each game and scores goals. You know, he does his job and he, he pushes the team forward. If, if we if we want to win, it's it's with these guys. We need the best players to win. And um, fact of the matter is, they came back, and 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 it's not like they came back with fatter wallets, and you know they're just walking on the field. No, they're they're pushing for it. They're they're going for the win. So, um, you know, I, I I agree with you, Steph. All to me, all is forgiven. I I um, yeah, I don't hold a grudge over them anymore. If I have a few rattle jokes here or there. On Twitter, trust me, guys, it's just jokes. Like, it's it's nothing more than that. Anyways, let's get on to the questions really quick um, as we're running out of time. Uh, first question is from Guga. Um, this will be for both of you. Chime in whenever you want, but uh, I'll start off with Steph. Uh, what changes would you like to see on Sporting made in January and be realistic? Um, so maybe a position and then maybe a player you'd associate with it, and then I'll, I'll ask Fernando another position he'd want to uh, uh, change. Okay, so so if if we're not gonna buy a goalie, give Maxi a chance mm. um, in the goalie, and then and then uh, <clears throat> another goalie if if Viviano goes because you know we don't have a lot of money either. Let's keep things into perspective. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and also most definitely uh, a left back. Um, Uh, the right back Vitovsky, I'm happy with him, but he's hurt. Uh, I would deal with that because we don't have a lot of money. And then a, a striker, like someone similar to Baz Dost, when he gets hurt, that's it. Nando, how about you? Um, goalkeeping, and um, I'm gonna say it again: we still need to find um, another solid striker. Um, and then I'd like to, more than anything, figure out what the hell is going on with that Italian guy that we just uh, don't yeah. even know what the hell is going on with him. Is he is hurt? Is he... Huh? I don't want him back. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't want yeah, him back either. Well, well he, never came, he was never here, so I yeah, don't want him and, at all. And, you know what? I would like some clarity with that. Like, do we let him go back and are we paying his salary? Are they no. paying his salary? No. So, so that, so that would be nice to to get get off our sheets. Uh, but realistically, yeah, better goalie. Um, I agree with you. Either let the other kid get some chances, but also, and I've been saying this since damn last year, um, a striker, somebody else, somebody else is going to go up there, and somebody else is going to score goals um, as a straight up striker. That's it. Give me a guy that scores goals. Don't care if it's but a guy that scores goals so that Bajdas can get a breather. Or Bajdas, if he gets hurt, we're not in the weeds. Something like that. Ustuvara looks like it's a, a lot deeper than it was his injury. So, yeah. to me... Uh, that was so bad from the beginning. He's, he's expired. I think... I also think it was maybe 
Juventus was downplaying the injury and um, like Sporting didn't really have a look at him like that when he came over to the medical staff. That's what I'm starting to think it is. Well, um, you know, because you can't go from he's going to be back in October and in December still have no return date. You know what I mean? And, so. and then regain the rhythm. So he's going to be very by one. February, yeah. March. The end of yeah, the exactly. Ah, and on. then he'll be regaining the rhythm when we need him to be on top form to, you know, potentially, let's say if we're in the mix, you know, we can't have a guy trying to refine his form. We, we need yeah. a guy that's ready to, to play. So we're going to have the Italian national team and Juventus for the preseason. I poke that. <laughs> exactly and quickly with me i agree we need a goalie uh we need another left back um there were some names mentioned that i can't remember the, oh the the to me if if i had to pick today uh, um it'd be I the know. fluminense kid the brazilian kid um i've actually coming. been i don't think he is either you but know. if i had a choice they relate to him I they mentioned the the kid from the netherlands that uh he played under kaiser uh the left back i forget his name can he Tete? I think so. From Leon, he's more yes. of a right back. Yes, that's he's it. more of a right back. I wouldn't mind him. Kevin Rodriguez, that's what it is. Thank you, Lauren, on the chat. I wouldn't mind Kevin Rodriguez yeah, from Sociedad. Plays for the play for the under twenty one. I wouldn't mind him. Um, I wouldn't mind another another number six. Not to start over Gudeli, but maybe to to be a backup to him. Ashtaku, uh, the the Luzo Canadian from Shavs. I wouldn't mind. Um, the João Schmidt, I wouldn't even mind from Riwav. He looks pretty decent. Um, and then, uh, and then I think it would be returning or recalling Gerald. He's not playing at Frankfurt. I think he, he can have a role off the bench for us as Sporting. And then if honestly, I don't know how realistic this one is, but if we don't, if, if I think we still need another winger, um, whether that's recalling Mateus Pereira or that's going out and buying Nakajima. I don't know how realistic that could be, no, but to me, Nakajima. Him, I don't. If it's ten million, I say we go for him. He can be a no. game changer for us. No, no, no. Not convinced. No, no, no Fair not, enough. Con not convinced because of put the money in Now they want uh, yeah. a ton of money. Well, to be fair, eles têm uma estrela. Eles agora querem o dinheiro, não é? I know, but ten million dollars for someone that only plays well against Sporting, pode pagar. <laughs> um, all right. Next question is from Mary Chipmas uh, by at Lauren Yano. Merry Christmas, Lauren. Um, <laughs> uh, how impressed have you been so far with the influence of Kaiser seems to have on the team? Um, quickly, give me your quick points. I know we got on and on about Kaiser today, but uh, Steph, very, what you very yeah. impressed. You could see he has a, a, a more open mentality, a, a more approachable. He's more approachable to players and the players welcome that. He's a uh, 21st century coach, uh, which that's that's what we need at Sporting. We don't need Temoz. We don't need hard-headed coaches. We need someone that can speak with the players, players that make good money, players that have feelings, people, players that have families, and, uh, you know, they stress out as we do. And uh, nice addition to our team. I'm glad that Kaiser is at Sporting. Yeah, and uh, Nando, quick to you as well. Uh, how impressive have you been under Kaiser? With the influence of Kaiser, sorry. I can't really complain about the guy at all. No complaints whatsoever. Um, two weeks ago, I said that I wasn't very optimistic about him as a hiring. I said that, you know, I, I was hoping Sporting would go for a more um, well-known name, somebody else that would captivate the fans, 
um, or at least generate that that kind of conversation, but at least brought that, but at least would bring in that kind of name that Sporting I think hasn't had in a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, he comes in, he introduces a simple but complicated um, tactic. Uh, Sporting is well on its way to being assimilated very well with his ideas. Um, one, two touches, ball goes forward, high pressing, get the ball to the box, and then good things happen. So three games in, three three wins. What is it, 13 goals scored, three goals against, something like that? Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. So how can we complain? Who can possibly complain? Nobody, nobody. I'll yeah. eat all my words to say thank you very much. I'll take some back. And, um, man, keep doing what you're doing, and Sporting Gises will, uh, will love you until you die. Exactly. Um, next question comes from Kevin Naruju. Um, I don't, I don't know too much about this, so I'm hoping some, one of you guys know. I'll go to Steph first because Steph seems to know about these stuff. Um, what is your opinions on all this shit with JJ? Seems a bit dodgy. Do you know what he's talking about there, Steph? Yeah. Uh, JJ is uh, he's basically – it's not so much against Sporting, so th- we have to make a um, – we have to draw a line. Um, so I don't think JJ is a problem with uh, with the Sporting Verandas and the Sporting Club Portugal. It's more against Bruno Carvalho. So he's saying that Bruno Carvalho lied in court, and he, he's he's going against them. And this is stuff he knows. You know, it's stuff we'll never know the the, the total truth. Bruno Carvalho is defending himself in court. Him and his and his lawyer. And I understand that, you know, he has to do what he has to do for his own life. But he's calling him a liar, saying that certain things he's saying in court is not total, the, the total truth. Like, they, he's saying that he changed he changed the, day, the, the time of the practice on the day of the attack in conjunction with George Jesus. George Jesus said, no, I didn't change anything with him. So... It's it's basically there's there's a lot of um, deep wounds between them two, and and you know it's 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 stuff that that me as a sportingista, um, it has nothing to do with sporting. It's part part of the past. It's something that Brun Carvalho has to solve as a as a person himself. As Brun Carvalho, he has to solve that problem himself. And he has to leave Sporting Portugal alone. Uh, I, I don't get things mixed. Don't ask me to get things mixed up. He was a great president when he was, uh, you know, himself uh, uh, sane. And, uh, you know, I don't know what happened because we could see a change of demeanor by Bruno Carvalho when he was fully concentrated, fully dedicated to supporting, and then towards the end, he was a totally different p- person. And whoever says no, for example, a mesma pessoa, you know what? You don't want to be realistic. So the, I think that's what he means. And uh, it's nothing against Sporting Portugal. It's more towards Bruno Carvalho and what's going on with him in court, what he's bringing up. But he's defending himself. Just like o Paulo Gonçalves do do Benfica, you know he's defending himself, and and, and uh, he's by himself, and Bruno Carvalho is by himself too, and it's tough because 
in 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 court they go with evidence what they can prove and uh, they're both in really bad shape Bruno Carvalho and Paulo Gonçalves do do Itapejo Benfica they're in bad shape so uh, if I if it's Portuguese don't be concerned has nothing to do with us so that's all I gotta say yeah and uh, quickly Nando I'll, I'll throw it off to you if you have anything else to say unless if not we have one more question but Nando um, I think that Steph pretty much nailed it. Um, there's not much more we can't keep talking about it. I do think um, I do think it's quite suspicious. Um, just watching George's demeanor, um, we talked about it a little bit before. You know, we went live, but um, the fact that Sporting lost the way they lost and performed the way they performed in those last couple games, whether it's that's the Portugal final after everything that happened in Alcochete. Or even the game against Maritimo, um, Jorge Jesus very kind of lost in his own thoughts and um, just seemed extremely uninterested in the game. Now with all the rumors that he might be going back to Benfica, um, is it possible? You know what I'm saying? Is it possible that he really was already in conversations with Benfica during that time? Like, would you really put it past Benfica? to do that to Sporting after, you know, Bruno Carvalho winning Gai Jesus. Mind you, Jesus was going to be a free coach. I mean, he was a free coach. But, no, I wouldn't put past uh, Luis Fliviera to do that. And I wouldn't put past Jesus to realize that, you know, hey, this this team is on the downward spiral or whatever it is that he knew. And, um, you know, set the stage up for Befica to potentially be in a good position for when he takes over again. So, you know, I hope that's not the case, but that could be the case. And then, you know, everything that's been happening lately between Bruno Carvalho and we talked about it a few weeks ago and then Fernando Mendes and who said what and what's true and what's not true. You know, we just, I guess we got to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. Which, which I'm not that concerned, really. I'm I'm Sportingista and I, I yeah. don't care about my Sportingista to faire divers. I don't want to Bruno Carvalho is by my president. Now, it's a pessoal story, meu. Let's move on. That's it. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Ele também fez muita merda, falou muita merda, fez muito comunicados e falhou bastante. If he was a cool customer, a cool, a cool president, he would still be the president. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm personally keeping tabs because I want to know whether, yeah. you know, if Bruno Carvalho is still really, um, or not still, if he is on, like, um, one of the culprits for the attack or not. Um, because let me tell you, if he is, I, I'm a bit of a, I'm a, I'm a Bruno Carvalho supporter. I'm not going to say I'm not, no, I'm not course. blind enough to not give Verandas a chance. And I understand that the club has moved forward, but I definitely do want to see whether Bruno Carvalho is an innocent man and the media really drugged, um, dragged his name through the mud or if he really is as, as culpable as, as everybody's saying he is, you know? It's going to take, take years. And then for some sporting issues to still yeah. dwell on it, and still, Agreed. And still, it's not. I, you know, there's going to be the guys that always dwell on it, and I think they need to move on. But for what? For but why? Why? To me, to me, the thing that on. pisses me off is that, like, I was following the um, the assembly uh, pretty closely. I was reading tweets from people that I think we all follow that were there present live, um, showing everything that was going on, and it pisses me off that you know the the this assembly was was painted the way it was painted because of quote-unquote Brunistas and quote-unquote um, Bruno yeah. fanatics that were there for the sole purpose of uh, pissing off and disturbing and creating a scene. And 
that's not accurate. That's not true. That's no. not uh, because there are people that don't support not, Bruno Cavalho okay that also me. don't support Verandas. It's not okay by me. I don't care yeah. if you like one guy or the other, but I'm really fucking pissed off that we're already going into December and there's fans from both sides. But especially almost now more than ever, you're getting less Brunistas the supporters as you are getting fans that hate Bruno Carvalho still and are very, very pissed off that he was let go, are very, very pissed off that there's still people that like Bruno Carvalho and now they're doing everything they can to continue to destroy that man's image. That pisses me off. And it's not fair for, not even for Verandas. It's not fair for Verandas. I'll say that too. It's not fair for him during the Assemblée Générale to have to deal with that kind of shit. But at the same time, the guy's the fucking president of Sporting and he has to be, you know, what did he have? Four security guards by his side, like walking through the fans, like the supporters, like as if Ugaju looks out of place. The guy looks a little lost, and um, I hope that he continues to look lost if that means Spartan continues to win. I, I would love for, for Kaiser to be the guy that, that brings us back to our glory days of winning o Campeonato Português. But in regards to everything, it's, it's frustrating that every time it looks like we move on, now it doesn't seem like it's Brunista so much as it is people that hate him that are looking for reasons to bring it back and be like, ah, bitch, I told you we should hate it's, him. But you know what? It's a shame because these people who so-called sporting issues doing that and, you know, I voted for Juan Bandit. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've said that before and uh, I'll say it again. Uh, but you know what? You have to accept defeat. Verandes Gagno. So now Verandes is my president. Yeah. Uh, I don't get things mixed up. Eu queria que fosse Juan Bandit, but guess what? Verandes Gagno. He's my president. I'm, I'm going to support him. People forget that we have Assad. When we have Assad, it means we have we are in the stock market. Oh, yeah. And with that and being then, said, I'm glad you brought to, that up. Did yeah. You, and then and then to gain value in the stock market, what do we hear, need? We need to um Sorry to cut you off, bro. Did we you hear stability. the... Uh, <laughs> um, that dude that Brun Carvalho didn't get along with, the uh, the investor. The, uh, Ricardo. No, no, what? No, um, some, some Sabrosa or whatever uh, his name is. Oh, fuck. Dude, I'm drawing blanks right Something now. Something um, Sobrinho. Sobrinho, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear what you said recently? How, like, I found that shit to be so suspicious, bro, and I liked it on Twitter, and I was about to go off on it, but, like, he had made the comment that ele foi aproximado pro Varandas several times to figure out, like, what should he do for Sporting? Like, I'm not going to quote it because I don't remember exactly the words, but the, the, the entrevista he gave, the way he gave it, the way he said it is exactly why I am uncomfortable with Verandas, exactly why I was uncomfortable with it then, exactly why I was uncomfortable with Ricardi and that fucker and all that. And it just, again, painted the picture that all Spartan is these days to certain individuals is money. It's been that way for many years. It continues to be that way now. It's going to continue to be that way in the future. Biggest reason why Bruno Carvalho isn't there anymore is that when you start to mess with people's money, it's not about who wins anymore for a lot of these sporting especially the older crowd. It's not about if they win. It's about how lucrative can they be. And if you can still bring in money while winning, perfect. That's a cherry on top. But if you can bring in money but not win, they just want to look at their bank account. No, but the thing is you have to, you have to take things into perspective. Uh, and I don't want to go too deep into this because it could take forever. But, yeah. but Sporting, Benfica, Porto, I'm going to talk only about the big three and the, even Braga. They have a side. And to attract investors, you need stability. 
So if you have a president of a club that can bring stability, you lose you lose your stock market value goes into a spiral. So Sporting is 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 coming out of a hole and it's trying to bring stability. So the, the president of Sporting Portugal Florico Fernandes. So he's trying to stabilize the whole nation of Sporting, the whole South Sportingista, so they can regain the stock value. So Sportingista is constantly ta 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 e não vou apoiar o Sporting e não sei mais que e não sei mais quanto e não sei mais que my question is are you really Sportingista or you missing the point no it's very it, clear you could be in opposition but in a respectful way but that's you, that's exactly the the the, the, uh, the right way to look at it but if you think about it the last time Bruno Carvalho had an Assembleia Geral that I can remember what what cemento that he was trying to get approved and the same shit that Verandas just got approved for the most part was rejected then and was approved this time. Pretty much, I, I got to find the tweet. And I got to understand, understand what you're saying. Now, Isn't that now, a little shady? No, it's not shady at all because they didn't trust him, Bruno Carvalho. It, again, it comes down to the president, his administration, bringing stability to the club. And Verandes is doing that. He barely made it, though, by 56%. So he, he didn't win with a lot, large margin. But he did, he, he, but but he, he, it's tough on him because he won only by by thirty percent of the votes. Don't forget that it was he had thirty one, Bundy twenty eight, and then it trickled down to less and less to the other candidates. So you know because of all the controversy with Bruno Carvalho. So so with that said, it's not easy the position he's in because he's trying to bring Sporting to a stability. You know, we're spending a lot of money. We have a lot of modalidades, and he's trying to keep everything afloat. And we barely made it. We, I think, we finished with twenty-six point one million in the in the stock market. We sold that much, and we wanted thirty million, so we sold by four million or three point nine million, meaning that we had to use money that we 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 got from Rui Patricio's sell. Uh, um, and then possibly Justin Martins' deal will help us too. You know, people say, vamos à corte, vamos esperar, e não sei mais que. People forget that these lawyers make money. The later you, you wait for, you pay fees, and after fees, after fees, after fees, they don't work for free, these people. So if you yeah. can resolve the, the matter now, you wanted more money, but you know what? If you get $22 million to, from uh, Athletic Madrid out of Justin Martins, it's $22 million in your pocket in Sporting Bank account. Oh, mas podemos ganhar muito mais. You know what? It's better $22 million than nothing at all. Because you, if you go until the end, by the time you go until the end, let's say if you get $60 million, how much money did we spend on lawyers' fees, courts' appeals, and all that? $10 million? So yeah. then it's, it's not 60, it's 50. Sometimes it's, yeah, exactly. It's the risk sometimes. And then, like you were saying, sometimes the, the money will just accumulate. Uh, anyways, let's just go to this last question before we, we bid adieu because we've, uh, we've gone on for a bit. Um, last question comes from Matt Paiva on mpaiva7 on Twitter. Um, it's a two-part question, so I'll ask, I'll ask uh, Steph the, the first one, and then I'll ask uh, Nando the second-part question. Uh, with Kaiser Ball in full effect, minus Wendell, who do you think will benefit the most individually as a player with his ideas? So, Steph, I'll give that one to you. Without a doubt, Diaby. Mm. Fair enough. And then, uh, Nando, um, also, when Ristovsky gets back, 
Uh, do you want Bruno Gaspar or Thierry Correa as a sub? Mm, Bruno Gaspar. Bruno yeah. Gaspar? Yeah. yeah, man, because he's, you know... More you proven. Know. Yeah, yeah. of course. He's had he's had the games now under his belt. Like, exactly. You can't justify the other guy. Gaspar, no. Gaspar has a mistake in him, but he's he's been all right for the most part. I want to see... Gotta- I would love yeah. to see Thierry Correa on loan somewhere in a Portuguese yeah, team. Yeah, you got to break your man too. Yeah. You don't you can put that kind of pressure. That's what happened with Giovanni. You put that fucking pressure on the kid and then you can yeah. handle it, you know? Yeah. Um all right. And before we go, let's um next game is against Desportivo de Javes. Uh, I'm not going to really go through the the modalidades this week cuz I haven't gotten a really good list of it. Uh, I apologize on for that, but Next week, we will for sure cover every single modalidad. Or not every single, because there's so many of them. But the main ones, at least, we will cover them and, and give them the love and support but, they deserve. But, but, but really but, fast. Just go ahead. Staff, it, uh, for sure. Good, good job by our handball team, which yeah. uh, for the first time in the history of the Portuguese handball. Hell yeah. Yeah, we qualified. Yeah, that's to, a good uh, point. I forgot about that. To, yeah, to the playoffs of the Champions League. So now we're going to play against the... Uh, the uh, the first the first team of Group D, uh, which will be two games, one game away, one game uh, home. Which the more goals we score, the better it is, because the the way it is, it's goal differential between the two matches. And then if we win that game, we're going to the uh, round of sixteenth. So we're playing the playoffs to get into the round of sixteenth. Because that's the way they do it. Group A and B, it's six teams that will qualify. So that's a total of 12. Yeah, or no, six, six. Yeah, no, wait, no, six. And then two will come out of our uh, group C and D. And we'll move on to that, uh, the, the round of 16th. So it's a bit complicated. Uh, yeah. Also, Congratulations to our ladies. They won 7 nothing. Great yeah. game. The next game they play, it's against Sporting Braga at home. So that's a great game. Big because, game. Yep. We're behind by two points. So if we win against Braga, we take the lead. So it's, uh, it's a do or die. Okay, Patins, uh, we won uh, against a Spanish team in the Liga Europea. So we win first place with three victories. Uh, we in first place in volleyball, Befica lost, so we took advantage of that. We in first place in handball, we in first place in hockey patins, and we still in second place in futsal. But you know what? We tied against Befica. We made it to the final four of the uh, Champions uh, Futsal League, which will be in Kazakhstan again. I don't know why. Uh, and um, and juniors, we won. Juniors, we won. Initials, we won. So overall, the modalidades. Oh, and we won in uh, in uh, table tennis against the champions of Europe, three two, which was a big deal too. Um, I mean, I, I did follow the modalidades. I don't want to just not talk about them, and that's it. No, for sure. Thank you for that. I didn't. I didn't have time this weekend. Truly. Um, all right. Before we head off, quick predictions of our next game um, at home against Disputiva Javs. This will be the first game of four that we'll play at home. Um, but uh, Nando, how do you think we're going to do against this Pacito Josh? I mean, given the fact that we're doing what we're doing, I got to go ahead and save him. Obviously, I'm going to say it's going to probably be like a 3-0 or 3-1. Um, only because we've been suffering some goals. So 
I'll say that. But yeah, I expect fully expect um, a good showing by the fans. I hope they come out in full force, give a lot of support. Um, and then, like you said, you know, they play the ninth, then they play a few days later Thursday, and then they boom a couple days later Sunday. So, um, and if I'm not mistaken, and then the nineteenth uh, as well. So, yeah. unless that game is changed, I mean, Sporting plays four games in a span of ten days. Um, it seems like that, yeah. So it's crazy. So yeah, that's gonna be a hell of a stretch right there. Um, it's, but I'm it's pulling at least good that we're playing at home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we are. We are. We are at home. Pretty much. Not too much traveling. Yeah, so I'm gonna exactly. say three one Sporting, three one Sporting, and I'm expecting and hoping at least thirty thousand in the stands, and or if not more. All right, and Steph, how about you? Quad zero, Bis do Bas Dost, Bruno Fernandes, and Diaby. All right, and I'm gonna agree with uh, Guga and Lauren here on the chat. I think it's gonna be a three one, uh, a three nothing win. Um, I think uh, the few time, the little time that they have right now, they're gonna tighten up that defense and stop supporting uh, and stop uh, conceding a goal. Guys, thank you for another wonderful podcast. Uh, you guys have been excellent as always. To our listeners, thank you for interacting with us. Thank you for messaging us on Twitter or here on the chat. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, all right, guys, say your last goodbye. And then I'm going to put in a uh, quick song from our friends over at 24 Sporting 7. Uh, that's their Twitter handle. And uh, they made a, a, a nice little song to, uh, about Kaiser. <laughs> so uh seeing as we've been talking about kaiser most of this podcast i feel like it's fitting but uh anyways guys last words man vivo sporting like always sporting com portugal number one <laughs> <laughs> Ale, 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 ale.